So welcome to our online uh, viewers. It's great to have you with us. I pray that this message will help you uh, and indeed encourage you and possibly even challenge you. And it is one of those messages this morning. It may be a little challenging, but how are we, we're up for a challenge, are we not, church? Yeah. We're up for a challenge. So Pentecost Sunday, best place to start. Uh, it's already been read out. Uh, man, wasn't that amazing seeing all those languages lined up on the stage? Mate, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wow, what would it be like? You know, the Lord just pouring out His Spirit across all nations. Man, that was so good. I couldn't understand any of it, but like it was just so, well, Natalie's I could. I could understand Natalie's, but it was, it was so good. All right, I need to stick, I need to stick to my, my plan, otherwise we're in trouble. All right, we're probably in trouble already, but anyway. Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house, not just a little corner, not the front row. The whole house was filled where they were sitting. Nah. Uh, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The birth of the New Testament church. Signs and wonders and miracles took place. Peter that day, man, he preached his first sermon. I remember my first sermon. It was pretty bad. Peter preaches his first one. 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. The church was growing. It was, it was an amazing, amazing time. And I don't know. I, it's funny. When we were ending up worship there, you know, and you're all going, praising God and all that. I'm like, man, what a noise. You know, I'm like, people will think we're having a party in here. You know, what are, what are people out there going to think's going on here? We're all yelling and celebrating and all the rest of it. And that's exactly what happened at Pentecost. The tongues of fire, they made such a din. They made such a noise that crowds gathered from outside to go, what on earth is going on? And of course, as, as, the, uh, as the apostles and all the people come out, they're all speaking in these other languages. And some of the people in the crowd thought they were a little intoxicated, thought they'd had a few. And, and of course, Peter says, come on, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They're not, they're not drunk. And so what I, what I love about Peter, you know, like, like there's this din, there's this chaos, there's all this noise and all these languages going on. And, and so it looks chaotic to, to the people out there, but he just brings everything in order. He, he just grounds it back and, and all the supernatural stuff. He just, he normalizes it for them. And what he says to them is he says, guys, you've got to understand what's happening. The spirit that's being poured out. This is what the, the prophet Joel prophesied. This is what God said he would do. This is the beginning of the outpouring of the spirit of God on all people, on all flesh. And we read it in Acts 2.17. So Peter gets up and he says, Joel said this. He said, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, not hallucinogenic ones, God-filled ones. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. He goes on to say, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. See, understand what God starts, 
He's going to finish. What God begins, He's going to see through to fruition. I, I want to tell you, some of you sitting in this room, you've had prophetic words spoken over your life. You've had things spoken over your life, and you haven't seen them come to pass. Guess what? God ain't finished. He's still on the throne. He's still working. Those things will come to pass. This church has had prophetic words spoken over it time and time again. Some of them, many of them, miracles. We've seen so many, but I want to say this. Some of those things that have been spoken are still to come to pass. God ain't finished. He's stirring up his people to get ready to go again. Amen. I'm hoping you want to be part of what God's doing. Is that all right? See, Pentecost... Man, it, it just changed. There were like miracles, signs and wonders, people walking down the street. You know, shadows are healing people. It's, it was just crazy. More and more and more people being added to the church daily, not just on the Sundays, daily. They were being added to the church. And, and I guess if we looked at it in our modern day times, we'd go, mate, it's, it's, it's a revival. You know, we would liken it to a revival. We'd liken it to a massive move of God. And of course, Revivals, move of God, they're wonderful things. You see amazing things happen, but they also come with challenges. <laughs> they, they, they also come with problems. Sometimes they come with mess. I, for whatever reason, the Welsh revival has always been a revival that, that has just stuck in my heart. Like in the early 1900s, there was just a service and a, and a young girl stood up in the middle of the service and said something along the lines of, I love Jesus with all my heart. And following that moment, the Holy Spirit fell on that church. Not only on that church, it fell across the whole of Wales. It was an outpouring of the Spirit of God, particularly on young people. God was going after you. He was pouring out His Spirit on young people. And, and it spread and it spread. It was such a significant move of God that the pubs, the pubs and the clubs, mate, they shut down. They absolutely, so the whole nation was so impacted by God that everybody stopped going to the pub and the club and they ended up coming to church, worshiping, worshiping the Lord. It said that there was one pub, one publican, he's there, he's got one patron left in his pub. There's one guy, he's just hanging on, he's having his beers in there. And, and all these young kids come past the front of the church and they're singing and praising to God and all the rest of it. And the publican was so annoyed at them, he picked up the stone jars and biffed them at all these young people walking past praising God because he's losing so much business. The guy, the lone guy sitting in the, sitting in the pub, he kind of looked at what this guy was doing and thought, this is ridiculous. So he gets up out of the pub, goes out on the street, walks down the church and gives his heart to Jesus. Mate, he's gone. He's gone. In fact, the police force were out of business. Like I'm telling you, across Wales, the police force, there was no crime. There was nothing to investigate. And so you know what happened to all the cops? They, they made a choir. They got together because there was nothing for them to do. So they made a choir and they would go to the church and sing in the choir. We could have Jevon up here next week, you know, praising Jesus. He'd be, he'd be out of work and, and singing up here with Pastor Helen. Wouldn't that be awesome? Be amazing. No, probably not for us either. But anyway, 
But it was this massive move of God. But of course, the issue is, like, like the judges would turn up to court. There's no, court, there's no cases to hear. You know, there's no crime. The judges are out of work. The police are out of work. There were, there were all these problems that going with it. And you see, Pentecost was no different. You know, we think about the signs and the wonders and the miracles and all that, and it's really great. But there was trouble at Pentecost. The apostles weren't popular all the time. There were grumblings. There were moanings. The, the people were unhappy. Although there was this mighty move of God, people were still unhappy. And, and we read it in the book of Acts, chapter 6, 1 to 4. It says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained about, against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 apostles gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to collect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. See, the God... Uh, the, God was moving powerfully. The church was, was, was expanding like it never had before. But there were problems. It, it was growing so much that the, the, the widows were getting forgotten about. They're getting hungry. They're losing weight. They're fading away. Because everybody's all out doing this and doing that. And what the apostles realized was if we're to sustain what the Holy Spirit is doing, if we're to sustain what God is doing, we need people in the right places. We need people feeding the widows. We need people helping with this. We need people, because they knew there's no way they could sustain or carry what God was doing. The Welsh revival, Evan Roberts, he, he had a breakdown. He couldn't sustain what God was doing. When God moves one or two people can't sustain it. The pastors can't sustain it. The church needs to carry it. The church needs to sustain it. And what, that's what the apostles realized. They were like, man, we need to get some systems in place. We need to get some processes in place. We, we, need, to, we need to plug the holes. We need to fill the gaps. How are we going to do this? Well, we read it. Gather six or seven men together full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and get them to feed the widows. See, for us to sustain what God wants to do, we need people full of the Holy Spirit, willing to serve the body, willing to serve God, willing to fill the gaps, willing to play their part as God's gifted them to do. Amen? The apostles realized they couldn't do it alone. And so what happened is they managed to, to get the widows being fed, and they managed to you know, start putting on some weight and all those sort of started feeling better, looking better. What happened is things got into order as people start filling all the gaps. We, we read in Acts 6-7, the result, it said, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. It increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. See, friends, to sustain what the Holy Spirit's doing, 
They needed systems. They needed order. They needed delegated authority to those, the the disciples that were around them. And as a result, the church began to grow rapidly. Disciples, not just just hangers-on, disciples began to be added to the church rapidly. And, of course, the widows were happy as well. They were a lot happier getting, getting some meals. Any hungry people? No. God's desire. God's desire for his church. God's desire for his bride is to come into the fullness of what he created it to be. God's desire for you. You know, God's desire for me is that we would operate in the gifts and the talents he's given us. Not for our own benefit, for his benefit, for the benefit of the church, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. He's calling each one of us to to step up and grab hold of the gifts and the talents that we have and use them for the kingdom so that the kingdom can advance. Amen? All over the last six weeks, you've heard Pastor Adam, Anita, Aaron, everybody, they're talking about servant spirit. We're talking about the the Israel army that volunteered and served. We know that, that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. See, our vision as a church is to connect people to Jesus and their purpose. Our belief is that if we can get everybody operating in their gifts and their talents, going after the purpose for what they were designed, the purpose for what God has for them, we'll see the church grow. Everyone operating in their gifts and their talents. So to that end, folks, we have a plan. We have a plan. The disciples, the apostles, they had a plan. They, they knew what they needed to do. So we've come up with this plan, this system, this process called Growth Track. Everybody say Growth Track. Okay, now let's say it like it's kind of exciting a little bit. Growth Track. Yeah, now we're getting there. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of Growth Track. I'm going to give you a, a quick flyover. This morning, I really want to help you catch the heart behind it. But there's information on the website. You can look it up. We've got fact sheets uh, at the info desk after the service. You can grab that. So you can get all the details there. Today, I just want to give you a quick view. So what is Growth Track? It's a system. How exciting. It's a process. It's a vehicle. It's a means to move people. Real exciting stuff. It's designed to identify the gifts and the talents God's placed in you and then to help you find a way to use those for the benefit of the kingdom, for the benefit of the church. It's to help you find your purpose. It's a, it's a beginning step. As you identify how God's wired you, how he's gifted you, you can then begin to, to allow him to, to steer you. It'll help you discover where you are on your journey with God. Like, am I a new Christian? Do I need to get baptized? Have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Where are you on your journey? It's designed to help you with that. It's designed to help you understand who we are. Some of us are a little weird. You know, others are okay. But it helps, it helps you understand who Connect Church is, what we're about, what our heart is, 
If you're a new person, it's the best way to get connected into the church because this is great and we do our 180 and we get a little time to chat, but growth track, we want to take some more time. We want to, we want to hear your story. We want to know how God's created you because it's not about me. I, I can't do anything. You know what my role is as a pastor? It's to equip you for the work of the ministry. This is my job. Your job isn't standing up here. Your job is using the gifts and the talents God's given you in whatever realm you're operating in, however God's calling you to use them. It's the beginning of the journey. I like Martin Luther King. Man, I have a dream. And, you know, and, he, and his amazing speech of what he sees. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but God has a dream. God has a dream of a miraculous bride, a beautiful bride that his son will come back for, for the wedding. The church, you, me. God's got a dream of the body of Christ operating in its gifts and its talents, unified in its call, in its cause. You have a dream. Every single one of you, you have a dream. You have a dream from God. You have something in you from God. God deposited it in you when he fashioned you and he formed you. And I'm here to call it out of you this morning because sometimes it gets buried. It gets buried under the stuff of the world. It gets buried under busyness, laziness, all sorts of things. But God's put a dream in your heart. He's put a call on your life. You're you're called to play a part of what God's doing across the planet. I reckon it's pretty exciting. Growth tracks is kind of the first step for that. It's not the be only, it's, it's the first step of starting that process, discovering who you are. All right, you're doing all right. Okay, some nuts and bolts. Everybody say nuts and bolts. Okay, it's going to run, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to run the first four Sundays of the month. So uh, we run it at 9.30 to 10.30. So it's running while the service is on. But wait, you can go to the 8 a.m. service and then go to Growth Tracks. Or you could go to Growth Tracks and then go to the 11.15 service. But we've done it that way for a reason. So that if you've got kids and all that, you can check them into Connect Kids. You can go to Growth Tracks. We want it so the whole church is operating. We're thinking about people. It's like we don't want to open the church again at night. We just Let's just do it while everything's running. Now, how many of you? You've been here a while? You've been here a while? You know we change things. So we're just starting out like this. If we need to change it, we'll change it. You know, if we get inundated with people, we'll rethink it. But at the moment, that's what it looks like. So it has four steps. Step one, first Sunday of the month, is about follow. It's just about who you are, where you are on your journey with God. Step two is about connect. Now, connect is about uh, who we are and what we're about. And, And if we just tell you more about us as the church. Step three, which is on the third Sunday of the month, is discover. It's about helping you discover your gifts and your talents. We do a gift assessment, a personality assessment, all that. We work out how God's made you and then begin to talk about how you can use those gifts and talents to serve in the church, to serve in the kingdom, to serve wherever that gift fits. And then step four on the fourth Sunday of the month is where we try and hand you off to somebody in the church that will help you then 
on that journey, get you plugged into a team, you know, whether it's lighting, whatever, whatever that gift is. Uh, that part, I'm like, Lord, help us. This is going to be amazing. So growth track is your next step. If you're new to church, I encourage you to sign up. It's going to start next month. If you've been coming for a while, maybe, maybe you've kind of been sitting on the sidelines. Maybe you don't even know what your gift or your talents are. This is a great way for you to start to learn that and, and, and fulfill your role in the kingdom. We're going to run it every month. So it's not like, oh, we've all got to jump in the first one. It's going to run month after month. It's going to be a process for connecting people into the life of the church. See, the apostles in the New Testament couldn't sustain what God was doing on their own. Friends, we can't sustain what God wants to do without everybody getting on board and operating in their gifts and their talents. Is this okay? Now, some of you, you've been around a while, and you're like, oh, just another one of those processes, just another one of those systems, seen it all before. And look, to be honest, I get it. I get it. I, and I was like that when I started on this process, when I started putting it together, I was like, man, uh, you know, how do I work it? How do I get here? How do I do this? How do I do that? And over time, mate, I just got so frustrated. I, it was one of the most hardest things I've ever done. Everywhere I went, I was just hitting barrier after barrier. Because God was doing a little bit of a number on me. What God was doing, I, he, he was like, you know, it's not about the process. You know, as I walk through it, I, I realize it's not anything to do with the process. It's got nothing to do with the system. It's about the God behind the system. It's about the Holy Spirit behind the system. It's about what's God wanting to do with the system. See, it's not about signing up for another class. It's not about signing up for anything. It's about are you willing to surrender yourself to the process to allow God to use you. To allow God to use you, to allow you to use your gifts and your talents. A few weeks back, I was walking along and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, So, Neil, when are you going to get serious? I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I'm like, what? Like, when are you going to get serious? Now, he wasn't meaning, you know, go out, do street evangelism, get all legalistic or anything like that. He was talking about my heart. How many know, layer by layer by layer, God just challenges us. He's like, when are you going to get serious? When are you going to lay down your life? When are you going to be willing to, to relinquish control and allow me to take control? See, we're all happy to serve. We're all happy to, to give our bit as long as it fits between Tuesday, between seven and eight. Jesus gave his life, his whole life for us. How much are we willing to give him? Is it our whole life? Is it, I'll surrender my whole life to you to allow you to use me? See, 
we'll use our gifts and our talents and we'll do all that stuff at work. You know, like, like I've got to do this and I use my gifts and my talents at work and, and the corporations are getting richer and all that. And, the, and then we kind of go, oh man, you know, like, like, like I do that all week at work. I, I don't want to do that in the weekends. You know, that's my work stuff. And God's like, no, 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 no. I put those gifts in you for the kingdom. I didn't, I didn't put those gifts in you for the guy who's getting rich in Wellington or Auckland or Palms. I put those gifts in you for the kingdom. Sure, use them there. Nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying everyone has to be in ministry, but I'm, I'm just challenging us this morning. God's raising up a people. God's wanting to move, but he, but he needs the body. He needs the church to get a hold of the gifts and the talents that He's given them and begin to operate in those, to begin to step out in those. Friends, growth track's not the be-all and end-all. It's, it's, it's not even necessarily the answer to your, to your questions or your problems. See, on Pentecost Sunday, I'm not trying to reason with you. I'm not trying to talk you into signing up. I'm, I'm not even interested in that. We don't, we don't want people serving or doing that out of guilt. On Pentecost Sunday, all I'm doing is I'm talking to the Spirit in you. I'm talking to the gift in you. I'm talking to the talent in you. I'm talking to what God's put in you and He's wanting to stir up and pull out of you. So if that's you, if, if you know that, if you know God's stirring you, He's calling you. I'm not, I'm not asking you to sign up. I'm asking you, would you be willing to lay down your life? Would you be willing to surrender to the process? Not on your terms, not on your agenda, but by God's terms and His agenda. Would you be willing to surrender to the process and trust God with the outcome? Because friend, I can't promise you what the outcome's gonna be. The system doesn't determine the outcome. I don't determine the outcome. The outcome's determined by God and your willingness to surrender to Him. Stephen was one of the ones that was called to wait on the tables. He started feeding the widows. Read the Scripture. He ended up doing signs, wonders, miracles. God started him there, but took him to a whole different place. Friends, all I'm saying is growth track is a place to start. It's a place to just surrender to God and allow Him to use you. Can I be honest? It's always good when the pastor's honest. <laughs> when I was putting growth track together, when I was thinking about this message, I was like, oh, I'll just push it gently. I'll just, you know, because my concern is what if, what if, what if a hundred people turned up? You know, so I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I can't deal with that. I can't, I can't handle that. You know, maybe five, maybe six, I could handle that. And so I'm thinking, I'll just do a media, I'll just do a little, well, hey, this is good, come along, try this. And because it's about control. See, I'm like, man, I need to be able to control how this works. And God's dealing with me. He's like, Neil, you've got to stop trying to control this. You've got to let go and you've got to trust me. And so I don't know what it's going to look like. All I know is he's calling us into the process. 
I don't know where He's going to take us in the process. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I reckon we all just got to turn our heads and trust Him and maybe relinquish some of that control. None of this is my message. My message finished about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) He's preparing a bride for the return of the groom. He's preparing a church for the return of a king. There are thousands out there that don't know Jesus. We're called to advance the kingdom of God by surrendering all of us, all our gifts, all our talents, all our control to God. Can you bow your heads this morning? Before we close the service, I just want to give an opportunity for anybody here today that that maybe you don't know God, you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior. You've never asked Jesus into your life. This morning as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit's been working in in this room and God's calling people. You you may not know God, but He's got a plan and He's got a purpose for your life and He wants you to be a part of what He's doing. So in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer, which is simply to ask God into our lives. We're going to pray it all together. In a moment, I want you to just raise your hand if that's you. You know God's calling you. You know you need to give your life to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to get you to come up front. I'm not going to do anything like that. Just simply asking to acknowledge that this morning. God's speaking to you. He's stirring something in you. You may not understand it. Your heart may be beating. Friend, that's the Holy Spirit drawing you. God has a plan and a purpose and a future for your life. So right across this room right now, wherever you are, if that's you, you know that God's calling you. Just put your hand up right now, nice and high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you for that hand down there. Thank you. Over there, over to the left. Yep, thank you. Hands over there. Thank you very much. Friends, don't don't hold back. You know, sometimes we sit there and we go, oh, I don't know, what will the person next to me think? It's not about the person next to you. God's got a call on your life. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Just one last moment. If you haven't put your hand up already, but you, you know you need to give your life to Jesus this morning, can you just put that out quickly right now? Thank you. Thank you down the front there. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer together. Those of you that have put your hand up, you're praying this for the first time. What you're doing is you're asking Jesus to come into your life. As you do that, as Holy Spirit comes and begins to live in you, begins to change you from the inside out. So with every head bowed, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, forgive me for all I've done wrong. Today, I hear your call. I hear your voice. And today, I choose to turn away from all I know to be wrong. I turn to you, my Savior, my Lord. I ask you to come into my life, to save me, to set me free. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen.